Hey, what is going on, guys? DK back at you with another video here to break down week two of the USFL uh, main slate on DraftKings. If you're a first time viewer, welcome to my channel. I make content for DraftKings, for NBA Top Shot, and for Prize Picks. Um, if you guys are looking for more in depth content for DFS, I do offer that on Patreon.com, NBA package, USFL package, and a gold package that includes esports, which is Call of Duty and CSGO. Now, for the USFL package, including a lot of data from week one, I uh, go over roster instruction videos to the main slate and the showdown, late showdown slate, a player pool of cash EP plays, uh, if then statements regarding injuries, and the Patreon stream before lock. So, all that is included with the USFL package. Uh, the sponsor of today's video, guys, is Prize Picks. If you're not familiar, Prize Picks is a player prop site that does offer USFL contests. Um, so how it works is you can take over under passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards, fantasy points. Um, you can mix and match sports. You can play a couple from NBA, a couple from USFL. So if you're a first-time user and want to give it a try, you can sign up and use my code DKDFS for a 100% match up to $100. But all right, let's uh, let's get into the slate. Um, really quick recapping week one. So uh, for myself, I did miss the cash. I think I was a little bit too heavy on the wide receivers. Um you know, quarterback play was not great. There's a few quarterbacks, you know, we'll talk about that. I think we can have some confidence in, but in general, the quarterback play wasn't great. I should have been a little bit more run heavy in my tournament lineups, but um, yeah, so I missed, but uh, a, a good chunk of the Patreon members ended up getting the cash. One player was very high in the field was not was Jojo Ward. Um, and he had a really, really solid game as a wide receiver. But um, yeah, I was a little bit too wide receiver heavy uh, in my uh, week one build. Um. Okay, so let's talk about the Vegas odds here. So we have Michigan and New Jersey. Uh, this is a 41 over under, and New Jersey are one-point favorites. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, it's a 35 over under, the lowest by far, with Philadelphia being seven-point favorites. And that makes sense with Pittsburgh. It's just going to ground and pound the rock. Just awful coaching on the Pittsburgh side. Uh, Birmingham versus Houston is a 41 over under. Birmingham are three-point favorites, and New Orleans and Tampa Bay. It's a 40-and-a-half over under, and Tampa Bay are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Okay, so let's start off with quarterback. Let's talk about some quarterbacks that stand out to me. So Jordan Tiamu, 10-7, was, uh, I believe, was the most popular quarterback play on the slate. Now, the positive here is Tampa Bay is a team that's going to spread it out, and they're going to pass the ball, right? We saw 32 pass attempts for Tiamu, one for 185 yards. We didn't see a lot of the rushing from him. He only rushed the ball one time for seven yards, but we know that's, you know, that's in his range of outcomes is he he's a guy that can bring you, you know, 50, 60, 70 yards in the ground. We saw it a lot in the XFL. So while Tayamu did do much in the ground last game, that doesn't mean he's going to do very little on the ground again. So I think what you might see is some overreactions week one. Um, so with Tayamu, I still think he stands out as one of the top quarterback plays in the slate. Another quarterback has some interest in is Shea Patterson. So um, you know, we saw kind of some uh, split quarterback play. We saw Shea get benched for a little bit. They brought in Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch was awful. And uh, then Shea came back and almost led Michigan to a comeback win. Um, now, he is a guy that does have some rushing upside as well. We saw eight carries for 31 yards. So I do like Shea here. I don't think he's going to be that popular either. But yeah, Paxton Lynch looked really, really bad. Uh, Kyle Slaughter's at 10-2. Another team, New Orleans, a little bit more pass heavy. We saw 27 pass attempts for Slaughter. Um, we did see four uh, attempts for 30 yards as well. So I think he's a fair play. Uh, and then the team that passed the ball the most was Philadelphia. Brian Scott passed 36 times. That is really, really good to see. Now, not much rushing upside for Brian Scott, but we know Philadelphia is a team that's going to air it out. So Scott, definitely uh, someone that you can have uh, some confidence in just because I think the Philadelphia continues to th air it out. 
Uh, not much interest in guys like Loletta. Definitely not going to Paxton Lynch. We'll keep an eye on Alex Magoo. He got banged up. Um, if he can't go, then uh, Jamar Smith could be a potential uh, play here. Um, you know, was solid, uh, 11 to 21, carried the ball three times for 13 yards, ran one in as well. So keep an eye on that news. Jamar Smith could be a potential value. And then with New Jersey, as you mentioned, like I mentioned in week one video, if DeAndre Johnson starts, I really liked him. Well, he didn't, but they rotated. It was basically a 50-50 split. And DeAndre Johnson went for almost 100 yards in the ground in a touchdown. So if we get confirmation that like DeAndre Johnson's starting week two, I think he's going to stand as one of the best quarterbacks plays on the slate for the reason of his rushing upside, right? That is huge. All right, let's talk about running back. So running back, a majority of teams only had two running backs. Um, you had a couple of running backs play over 60% of the snaps. That was uh, CJ Marble coming in at only 5.9K. Um, you know, he didn't do a ton, but did rush seven times for 22 yards at two catches for 17 yards. Um, he played a good amount of the game. And then Trey Williams, uh, was the other one that played a ton. He's only 5.3K. So Trey Williams, again, played on 63% of the snaps. He ran the ball 13 times, also had five catches on five targets. So I think Trey Williams will be one of the more popular running back plays on the slate. And I think it's for good reason, right? He's cheap and he played, uh, you know, the second most snaps out of all the running backs on uh, for week one. BJ Emmons, we have him at the top at 8.5. Um, he was solid, uh, did rush the ball 19 times, which is obviously good to see. And he is on an offense that I'm confident in, in Tampa Bay. Um, he played at 58% of the snaps, did have three targets as well. So if you have the salary, I think he is a decent option. Now for Philadelphia, keep an eye on Colbert news. Uh, he is currently questionable. He did not practice on Thursday. So this is pretty significant because Philadelphia, they really only have, um, Holland is the other back, um, Paul Terry was transferred to the practice squad. They would probably bring him up. But yeah, if Colburn can't go, I think you would feel more confidence in Holland. Now, Holland played on under 50% of the snaps. So I probably don't play him unless Colburn is out. If Colburn's out, I think you can definitely consider him at the top end. Uh, you have Stevie Scott at 7.9K. Uh, so for Michigan, it was a pretty even split with him and Cameron Scarlett. Um, so Scott played on 51%. Scarlett played on 49% of the snaps. Uh, you also have Scarlett, though, at 3.7K. So, like, of the two Michigan running backs, I'm going to lean Scarlett over Stevie Scott just for the price difference, right? If you're trying to save, save some salary, I think it makes sense to go there instead of spending up for a guy like Stevie Scott. Mike Weber got released. Uh, Tony Brooks-James did not play as much as everyone thought. He actually played uh, very little. Um, so, Brooks-James played on... Only 35% of the snaps. So I uh, don't think we can go there. Now for Pittsburgh, we know they're going to run the ball, but their offense is, is not great. So Garrett Groshek ran the ball 16 times. Madre London, who put up like over 2,000 yards overseas, uh, didn't do much last week. He had 14 carries with 23 yards. But I guess with Pittsburgh, you know they're going to ground and pound the ball. One guy that stands out, he was a core play for me last week, was TJ Logan. Um, I think both new, the New Orleans backs looks decent, look decent with him and Ellis. But... Logan is very clearly their pass catching back. He had four catches and four targets. And that's what you want to see, right? Full point PPR DraftKings. Uh, and he also was definitely involved in the ground. So I think TJ Logan stands out as a, another really good option. His price had come up, but I don't think it came up enough. I mentioned Jordan Ellis. He's 5'4", right? He was uh, the bruiser uh, of the two backs. He got in the end zone as well. Um, he's a little bit cheaper, but I think since the pass catching abilities there with Logan, I think I'll lean him over Alice, but I think both of the, the New Orleans backs look pretty good. Again, we mentioned Marble. 
Um, on the cheap end for running backs, I, I talked about Scarlett. That's probably it. I don't think I get to anyone else. Mikey Daniels, surprisingly, uh, so he's the fullback. Uh, he was the only one that really got targets uh, for Pittsburgh. So that was interesting to see. But that's it for running back. Let's move on to wide receiver. So for wide receiver here, I can switch over. I have, I have this post on patreon.com, but let me switch over and show you guys uh, what I got here. So um, nice little co color-coded chart um, with uh, snap percentage, raw percentage, targets, air yards, all that good stuff. So if this is something that interests you, you can check out my Patreon linked down below. Uh, but a lot of info here. Again, this is just for wide receivers, but have it up for, for all the positions. Um, so let's go team by team for wide receiver. I think it's a little bit easier to talk about team by team instead of going, you know, just uh, salary-based. So we'll start with Michigan. So uh, Michigan, I think the guy that stands for the most obvious is going to be Lance Lenore. Um, he had six touches and nine targets. He was definitely a favorite for Shea Patterson. Now, he was banged up for a lot of that game. If you watch that game, Lance Lenore kept going to the sideline. Um, so that's, you know, not great, but he's not on the injury report. So I think he's going to be full go. Uh, and then the other guy I want to mention here is Joe Walker. So they mentioned on the broadcast that the reason he's on this team is Shea Patterson uh, brought him over from the spring league. He wanted Joe Walker on this team. Now, snap percentage for Joe Walker, he played in 63% of the snaps, so not terrible, and he is only 3.4K. So I think Walker and Lenore look pretty good there for Michigan. On the New Jersey side, well, they just decided to list everyone on the injury report. Um, as far as snap percentage go, uh, Satterfield played the most, played over 90% of snaps. He also had a really, really big game. I think he's going to be a pretty popular play, but um, I get it, right? He's cheap, and he played majority of the game, did have five catches and five targets. He's a big body wide receiver. Kind of looks like a tight end, but um, I think he looks like a decent value play. And then uh, Kevante Turpin was someone I liked. He was targeted a good amount, just didn't do a lot with the targets. Uh, did, was involved in the rushing game uh, as well. So, like, the positive with Kevante Turpin, he's going to play out of the slot, and he's just going to be utilized in a lot of different ways. Um, so, even though the production really wasn't there week one, I think there's he has a chance to have a really good week in week two. So, he's one that I think will be relatively low on because of the bad week one performance. But um, definitely have some interest uh, going back to the well in Turpin. I think the ownership will be very, very low. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. So on the Pittsburgh side, well, they did only play three wide receivers, but still not much production because this team just ground and pounded the ball. So like Jeff Thomas was the most productive receiver. He caught, caught four catches and eight targets, but he's really expensive. I think I would, if I'm going to spend up for wide receiver, I'm going to go for those teams that are going to be more pass heavy, not Pittsburgh who's just going to ground and pound the, the ball. Now, Philadelphia is a team that's going to be pass heavy. Um, so you saw Jordan Sewell was a relatively popular play. He didn't do a ton with his workload. He played 95% of the snaps, only had one catch. However, he's another one that I could see him having a bounce back week. So, so at 7K, I think he's he looks decent. You have Devin Gray on the injury report. He did not practice. Keep an eye on that one. Um, that's pretty significant because uh, Devin Gray played on 75% of the snaps. Uh, you had Overton play uh, huge snaps as well. Um, he's only 3.8K. He had two catches and three targets, but... Um, you saw the big game came from Chris Rolland, who uh, had seven catches on nine targets. He's very, very cheap. Now he actually played, uh, the second least amount of snaps for wide receiver. He played, uh, for the team, he played 67% of the snaps, but he was by far the most productive. So he's another one I think will be relatively popular because he's so cheap and because he had a big, big week. And then Buck Howard, uh, I think he's definitely viable. He had three catches and four targets. We've got reports uh, before week one that he had a good connection with the quarterback. So 
And Buck Howard is a former wide receiver, right? So um, he played, uh, he did only play in 30% snaps, but um, he is a guy that I think will be utilized more in the red zones for tournaments. Sure, I think you can make the argument for him. Birmingham. So Birmingham's a team you're going to feel pretty good about. They basically played their same three wide receivers the entire game. That's huge, right? Opportunity is everything for the USFL. So you saw uh, Victor Bolden and Marlon Williams both play 100% of the snaps, and Osiris Mitchell played 96% of the snaps. So that's great, right? They basically just played the same three guys the entire game. So Victor Bolden, 9-3, he'll be utilized some in the slot. He had eight eight targets. Osiris Mitchell, the more big-body wide receiver, had the big game. He caught a touchdown. Um, and then, uh, Marlon Williams had a ton of targets. He just didn't do anything with them, but he's another bounce back candidate. I think you could go to at the flat min price three K and then a tight end, uh, Carrie Angeline had a nice game. He had two catchdowns, six targets, uh, with a touchdown. So, um, viable, but I think I'd feel a little bit better about the wide receivers on the Houston side. So Houston, uh, played four wide receivers, but played two basically the entire game. That was Isaiah Zuber and Jojo Ward. Now, Zuber might get some ownership. Um, he did only have two catches, though, one in the end zones. That kind of did bail out people that played him. But Jojo Ward, he was a guy I was very high on going into week one. He had a nice week, seven catches and nine targets. Nine targets, that's uh, the very top of target leaders for USFL for week one. So clearly, they want to get this guy the ball. Again, he was very productive at Hawaii. So Zuber and Ward, I think both look good. Would lean Ward, though, for the discount. Um, and let's move on to New Orleans and Tampa Bay. So New Orleans, you had Poindexter. That was a very, very popular play. I played it myself. I took the L on that one. Um, he did play a decent amount, but, um, he 52% of the snaps at 8.5 K. I need to see him play more. Um, Johnny Dixon was a little bit better for his price he had four catches and six targets. And then you had another pretty productive tight end and Sal Canella had six catches and seven targets. So You've seen a few tight ends have really big games. We'll get to one more uh, here at the end. But Canala at only 5.2K, uh, definitely someone I think you can consider. And finally, Tampa Bay. So Tampa Bay is another team I have some confidence in just because the quarterback play. However, Tampa Bay really rotated a lot of receivers. So you had, what, one, two, three, four, five, six wide receivers play for Tampa Bay. Surprisingly, Derek Willies played the most. He didn't do anything with the snaps, former uh, Cleveland Browns wide receiver. Um, so to be honest, I have a hard time getting to any of these wide receivers. One guy, though, I think you can get to on the tight end side is O'Grady. He played, if you go look at his snap counts, he played 100% snaps. So while they rotated a lot of the receivers in, O'Grady played the entire game. He had eight catches and 11 targets. He's only 5K. Um, I think he looks good. Now, I don't know if we get that type of performance again from him, but the snap counts look great uh whereas the other wide receivers were really rotated in so um yeah i think that's going to wrap it up for the video today guys so if you have been enjoying the content just make sure to hit that like button subscribe hit the notification bell all that stuff really helps me out thanks then guys have a good one and i'll see you all in the next video